0: internet welcome to the transatlantic podcast a conversation between two trans people across the pond from each other i am luxander pond a trans masculine person from the america area
1: and my lovely co-host i am cat i'm a british trans woman <laughs> with a voice like a cat that fell in a sandpaper basket
0: <laughs> it's gonna be that kind of week we might we might do a, a slightly shorter one then if it's gonna be
1: We'll see, know, we'll see how long we can last for, I taxing. think we might be fine, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, um, it's a little hard to speak, but it's also hard to like look in the mirror and stuff, so that's just the way things go. <laughs> Life
0: is just difficult and annoying, you know, it happens.
1: It is, like it's tran- it was Trans Day of Visibility yesterday, and sometimes you don't feel like being visible, and maybe, <laughs> and maybe that's a more common thing for us than other people.
0: Yeah. Did you, do anything, did you do Did you do anything no, special? No, I didn't. I did not. Mm. No. <laughs> I posted a tweet about it and that was it.
1: Yeah. That's something.
0: I mean, I, 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 have, have, I went through my memories on Facebook and it's like the past couple of years if I've posted about it, I get no engagement on those posts. Like I'll post and ask me anything and just nobody cares. Because all of my friends are either trans or they're trans knowledgeable, so they have nothing to ask me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just need to go on, like, the Donald and something and do the same thing. Oh,
0: God. Why would I subject myself to such a thing?
1: Get your invasive questions, and then they'll all flock to you. (laughs) I I guess. You've got a very vile but large user base, viewer base.
0: I mean, yeah. (laughs) That would be so pleasant.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I had this plan to like start like doing YouTube again on trans day visibility, but I just didn't have time. The last few days, like it's been so busy, and like I never had like the space to like film myself. And when I did, like I didn't feel like it, or I didn't have time. And doing a PhD takes a lot of time, and it's hard to find space for all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, especially if you like also have a job and other responsibilities. It's
1: very tough. it's insane. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have like stuff recorded, and I just need to splice it together. But I'm being lazy about editing, and by being lazy, I mean I have severe executive dysfunction. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean they will come together eventually. It'll be good. Yeah. We don't need to post for visibility. We're, we're visible. I'm visibly out there on my on my face and my on the internet. I mean, this time last year we did start. We did put the podcast up, and that's that was a big one. So I feel yeah. like we've done a. We've done our thing We've we did, done we quite a gym. bit of
0: visibility stuff we, we we are visible presences
1: Yeah, or at least audible Like
0: I mean, I'm visible
1: <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should make myself visible If I wore like, a look a paper bag over my head, I'd be fine But like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm visible and you're just audible.com Yeah,
1: exactly Hashtag yeah. not sponsored Audible.com Please go buy an audiobook Not because we're sponsored, but because books are great um... Books are good for you good i know <laughs> i i'm like i have a bit like faci- a bit of facial dysphoria recently it's just i i want to be more visible but i feel like it's hard when you don't want to look at yourself to like convince yourself that you're worth putting your face out there and i know that's not what visible means because visibility is just like making people aware of us and the more people are aware of us the more likely they are to fight for us and to empathize with us and that's sort of what it's about. But at the same time, I think being visible, like, in the literal sense is also super helpful. And I want to do that, but I can't afford facial surgery. And I have certain days where I just don't want to look at myself, even though most of the time I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. <clears throat> I'm, like, visibly gender ambiguous, but, like, I don't really try to be declarative about... My transness to, like, people in general. I, if I had, like, a button, I, I, which I've been thinking about seeing a, if I know anybody who has a button maker who could do this for me, but I want, like, a little button, maybe two of the smaller size, and one of them should just say they on it, and the other one, yeah. I want the particular gender symbol that I've been using
1: mm. for
0: years and I have tattooed on me. So
1: well, they they them a, they them buttons are a really good idea. Mm hmm. Like we need something like that because like people don't people don't think about non binary people when they're walking around. And like yep. people don't automatically just use they for people. And if they do then you might like, get some weird trump support or they'll get sort of weird about it. How dare you call me they? I'm clearly a he. Like, mm, are I- you are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you sure? <laughs>
0: I feel like you just SpongeBob memed in like real life.
1: <laughs> that's how that's how we do. I mean I'm a parasite occupying a woman's body occupying women's bodies according to um, people in this country, so why can't why can't I put the same to them? I'm talking nonsense right now. <laughs> a little bit. It's like have you had yeah. some cough medicine today? Like Jesus. No. I. It's been a very trying few days. And, it's understandable. And the, yeah. Yeah. I, I, we'll survive. We'll, we'll get on. We'll be visible and we'll make it through and we'll review a movie.
0: Yeah. Today we are talking about Black Panther, which was really just a pretty good movie. I thought it was a good movie.
1: It was good. Oh, is, is that your review? What's your, what, your star, what's your star? star rating?
0: Yeah, you so you're gonna pull a Brady on me and have me have me pull, put a star rating on it before I begin discussing well, you the said movie.
1: It's a good movie, which makes you seem like you didn't think you didn't like it as much as you thought you were going to. So maybe um, you should put put your money where your mouth is. Put put a number down, <laughs> and then we can all tell you how wrong you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I. I, there are certain things that, like, were really great about the movie, and there are certain things about the movie that I thought were fascinating that no one else... Like, there, there's a sequel to Black Panther that is never gonna be made that I want, but it's all about the geopolitical shift that's going to necessarily happen when Wakanda steps out onto the world stage. By the way, spoilers, At the end of the movie, Wakanda has decided (laughs) to stop being isolationist. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And, excuse me, I also have to put out there that I saw this movie in 3D, so I have some criticisms of a movie that was filmed with the intent of being seen in 3D, And then criticisms of the experience of watching a movie in 3D, and then I haven't seen it since then. So, you know, my movie-going experience was, first of all, they renovated the movie theater in my town, and they have these, like, amazingly comfortable seats, and they recline, and we were seeing it in 3D, so there's just a lot of different things that had input on my, like, experience seeing the movie. The film itself like, the plot was interesting. I don't know if the villain was as well-developed as he could have been and everything like that. So, like, overall, I would say, like, aesthetics, soundtrack, strong female characters, Bechdel test, all that kind of things weighed into it. probably give it, at very minimum, a solid 4 out of 5.
1: Okay. Yeah. So That's fair. Th-
0: the, you know. There are some... Problems with it, but more than anything else, I found myself very interested by first of all, how do Black Americans feel about this concept of like, you know, like now that now that the idea is hitting a, a larger audience than just comic book people, the idea of an Afrofuturistic country that stood by while colonialism happened. And then that's, like, the movie's premise is this villain Killmonger who wants to use Wakanda's resources for, you know, not only black liberation, but also world domination. Like, if we're going to be specific, like, the movie is not just about black liberation. It's also about him wanting to establish an empire.
1: Yeah kind of i mean like i don't i wouldn't say like it's traditional world domination like m bison I mean, sort of shit but like
0: can i just point out that he literally says the sun will never set on the wakandan empire like so that's a criticism that you have to take into account when you're talking about the villains motivations is it was not just black liberation but black domination like Right. The domination of Wakanda over the rest of the world, because they obviously have the resources.
1: I guess I'm tainted by, like, kids TV and thinking of, try- like, taking over the world as some, like, big, like, evil seat on the thing, and, like, the se- and, like my dissonance as a British person by hearing the sun never sets, and knowing it's a reference to the British Empire, which did kind of take over the world, and think of that as sort of, like, a separate thing. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I just spent the last couple of hours reading a bunch of different perspectives, like, some being very critical of the film, and some being very, like, a lot more sympathetic to what it was trying to say. Like, I read one article that was basically scathingly saying that the movie basically pits black Americans versus african nobility and ultimately ends up siding with african nobility showing them as um like their way as being better and it sort of demonizes like in a way killmonger is essentially like the embodiment of gang violence in the inner city um as opposed to uh noble Hero, like he is sort of like, like his death is devalued because it, like, he could have been helped, but instead just kind of throws his life away. And also, T'Challa had the opportunity to be like, I won't incarcerate you, but like, he didn't have a reconciliation at the end.
1: So, like, but T'Challa's not that kind of person, like, he believes in justice and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but like, there's no recognition of like, hey, I understand where you were coming from and your motives weren't. But the thing is that you can't, you necessarily can't have that reconciliation at the end of a movie with a villain who explicitly expressed a desire for world domination and, like, basically didn't have an- like, it's weird that this character who was very intelligent and thoughtful and planned in the comics was, like, supposedly still went to MIT and supposedly still was in special ops, um, but has basically been reduced to a character who marks his body with his kills, is called Killmonger, and ultimately wants to overthrow the government of the country that he's technically from, and immediately start violent revolutions all over the world, basically. Like, it's sort of, like, one of these uh, things I was reading was about how it's sort of, Killmonger is a representation of the fall of the Black Panther Party in America, because it sort of devolved into infighting, and it, like kind of in, ending up being about black on black crime quote unquote then the bigger problem outside of that I don't know. I've I just got done reading so many different th- like takes on yeah. this just trying to like filter all of it.
1: I had three different things to say about that. I'm not sure if you'll to remember all of the points but one is that the de- in the tenth of the death thing Marvel films in general have a problem in which they kill the villains all the time just as they're getting interesting. This one,
0: like, is perma d- though. Yeah. So it's, it's, like, on on one one thing I was reading was, like, he's perma unlike all these other villains whose, like, main motivation is revenge. But this other thing I was reading was, like, his death and thus his life matter more because his death is final in the way that it how, is. Wait, how,
1: how is it final in regards to everyone else? Like, how is it more final? I mean, like,
0: Loki. Loki, quote unquote, dies at the end of the first Thor movie, and then he just kind of comes back.
1: Oh well, Loki doesn't count. I mean, like so, but Baron Zemo at the end of Civil War, and um, Red Skull at the end of Captain America, and all of that stuff, and they all die. And Hela at the end of Thor Ragnarok, even though she might come back. I haven't seen that. Okay, well, let's (laughs) ask. Well, we're in the spoiler cast. You've had you've had a while to see it. (laughs) Oh come on i'm joking i'm sorry i'm very sorry um it's okay i'm gonna but,
0: forget whatever it was hopefully
1: okay sure um the other thing like having a so comic book villains i think was with using a comic villain as well because they these are these are very much like they have to be sold to like a, an international audience they don't want moral ambiguity that's for the netflix shows for them so they needed ah, I think, to fair. stick to stick that thing in the end like killmonger's a very sympathetic villain so you need to have a point where like oh obviously we can't agree with him because otherwise it might be complicated so he has to oh. want to take over the world
0: oh my god this is the most amazing circumstantial thing that has ever happened to me cat right now mm-hmm. wow. because this movie if you have listened to the most recent episode uh, episodes of hello internet this movie is trying to teach us one of the le- the necessary lies of society.
1: Ooh. That violence is never the answer. It's true. It's true.
0: That is part of this movie's messaging, honestly. That, uh, you know, the way to help people, the way to use Wakanda's resources is through... And one of the critiques that I was reading said that this was kind of like neoliberalism. But, like, through education programs and funding and stuff like that rather than through violent revolution although you know what what is the government going to do to a militarized black f- force you know <laughs>
1: yeah i think it was a diff- i think it was a different movie they didn't rely on the f- didn't need pla- didn't need um the wakandan royal family to still be the wakandan royal family at the end it might have ended differently and killmonger being a comic book villain sort of has to be a villain and like they can play around with stuff like that like mbaku's in this movie and he's not villainous even though he is a, like is one of T'Ch- t'challa's villains in the comics um ulysses claw i mean he is, is an this. adversary yeah ulysses claw is in this and he doesn't get as f- fleshed out as he is in the comic books um he seems this is another thing i've been killing off because they killed claw really quickly and like he could, he could have been such a bigger part, like in the next movie or something. And I get like it's, it's better to not just like, I'm fine with them killing white, the white villain to have the black villain star more because you don't get enough black villains or black characters in general. But I do yeah. think is Marvel has a has a tendency to waste their villains by killing them off, and with Claw and less so with Killmonger, but especially with people like Claw, it's just why would you just kill them off just and then not be able to use them again? Like have an out if you need to like with Loki and him being like magical and stuff like that and yeah. um, the other thing I was going to say um if I'm going to find a way to put it into words um, and uh, the, like the, the 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 way that Killmonger's sit again put, um, put against T'Challa and the world family and his his sort of crusade and his need to make the world better because he grew up sort of in a position where he knew that we kind of could have intervened and made everything better for people like him
0: like, he literally mm-hmm. grew up a black man in America. Yeah, like, exactly. a very so he, unique experience.
1: But he, so he says this stuff, and T'Challa sort of, he sort gives the impression that he's not taking it, in. he's opposed to it. And at the beginning, he is very conservative-minded, and he is very much, this is the way it's always been, this is the way it's gotta be, we're not gonna help you, the way that T'Chaka was. And then... Well, yeah. Later on when he sees what kill, who killmonger is and he's had time to listen to him and think it through and he's had a, it been beat up a bit he does go to when he goes to the um to the other side when he um drink eat, eat, what does he do when he has the plant i can't remember what's called the heart-shaped plant and he yeah, goes to visit the, well, the panther the ritual yeah and he goes to visit the panther spirit and his and his ancestors um he does tell T'Chaka like your way was wrong you were always wrong like we should have changed this and he does open up Wakanda kind of doing most of what he was Killmonger wanted anyway so basically Killmonger won by getting the things he wanted because at the end of the day especially with the last scene um T'Challa is doing everything that Killmonger wanted him to do besides just like making an empire like, he's doing civil rights programs in the U.S. They've opened up the borders. They're letting the world know what they can do. They're offering to help people. And that sort of started, I suppose, by them letting Everett Ross in, Martin Freeman's character, who, like, they explicitly refused to let in.
0: Yeah, like, for T'Challa.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really, emph- didn't really emphasize that, but I don't think this film needed Martin Freeman... At all?
0: Oh, oh, here uh, I I can address this criticism before you get too far. Uh, yeah. First of all, uh, he represents the audience. Um, the, second presumed, of all, the, the
1: presumed white audience.
0: Yes, the mainstream audience. Um, yeah. And second of all, uh, if there was no bumbling white guy, there would be no reason for the Wakandans to explain any of their cool shit. I guess that's true. Yeah. Although, like, but. can I just, props <laughs> to, like, I thought it was so powerful, um, that there, like, at least twice in the movie, he's called a colonizer, and yeah. once, like, to be fair, he's in the presence of, like, sub-royalty, uh, but he's, like, not allowed to speak while he's in mm. a, while he's in the presence of M'Baku in Wakanda.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very good i just thought I mean, that like, was, like powerful i think a lot moments. of his stuff was on salary. like I, I i i i'm i enjoy the scenes with him in like almost all the i love this movie by the way like it's this is my top two one of my top two marvel movies if not my first one and the only reason spider-man came and comes close because i grew up with spider-man and i did and i've been reading spider-man since i was like nine years old i've um, not yet seen that one either <laughs> it's very good i will try not to spoil that one in this podcast too uh, <laughs> thanks <laughs> um but like no he's his character like it, it worked really well especially the scenes outside wakanda but later on with all the stuff with him shooting down the plane i could have done without and i guess that's sort of my just links into my sort of the one point the one point of the movie where i didn't where i wasn't like a hundred percent like this is amazing was the fight big fight scene at the end and that's every marvel movie at this point The action scenes always go on a bit too long and they're they're less exciting than the rest of the movie but in this case because one of the things this movie does so well is that within like the first 20 minutes you know who all the characters are in the movie and you know what they want and who they care about so by the time the battle scene does come along you're at you know who you're rooting for and you're actively invested which some movies don't do too good a job of but at the same time i didn't i could have done without a huge fight scene but maybe that's just me. I'm kind of bored of the big spectacle fights at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand that criticism. And I think a lot of... I mean, anything could be improved by cutting it down by 10%. But, like, particularly a fight scene, uh, one a, a really good film criticism that I've picked up is that if you're going to have an action scene or a fight scene, if it's not doing something to tell us like, part of the story, if it's not somehow furthering the narrative, then you shouldn't be having a fight scene. Because it's not just there for fluff, it's there to move the movie forward. So once you get a, like, an action scene going, if it starts to feel like there's not really a direction that it's taking you, then it can become very tedious, as opposed to, like, action scenes that deliberately move the plot forward. Like, there are certain parts of that big action scene that are moving the plot forward, like, them moving towards the epicenter of the hole in the ground leading into the mines, like, and I think that there is a little bit of storytelling that occurs, like, with, uh, oh gosh, uh, Okoye, I think was her name? Okay, I can't, think of how to pronounce it
1: okay i think it's okay eh?
0: Uh, yeah so her character uh and then there's the rhino people guys and there's like a rhino and it's like stampeding towards somebody somebody i can't remember who uh and then she just like steps in the way and since this rhino knows her it like grinds to a halt and just like licks her face and it's like i like you and the guy who's sitting on the rhino is like you son of a bitch and she's just like yeah
1: she is she is romantically involved with Waba- with Wakabi at that point, who is the one riding the rhino. So <laughs> it does Duet? help. She is romantically involved with Daniel Kaluuya's character, uh, Wakabi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the one riding it. I mean,
0: yeah. They've they have explicitly said to you know that they're like doing a thing there, obviously. But I mean, yeah. I I just thought it was really cool, like placement of storytelling within an, an action sequence and like a, yeah. a bit illustrative of the tensions that it's created within the country to yeah. you know have this ability to see what colonialism has done to other black people in the world
1: yeah yeah it was still really good i mean like they only like i only feel disjointed about it in retrospect and because like i do feel like sitting there and um <sighs> i feel i feel like after. The initial, after initially when after Killmonger defeats T'Challa initially, it does seem to all be leading towards that point, and sort of it the ch- direction changes from like it felt like more like it was sort of exploring a lot of different a lot of the cast at once before that. Like one of the things I love about this movie is it really does everything so fully realized. Like all the buildings look so different and they're, obviously, they're inspired by like a load of different African cultures. All the different um, cus- the clothes people are wearing, it's all so inspired. Like even just the decor when they go to see M'Baku. Just like the way that this is decorated, it's just like it feels lived in. Everything feels that way. And like the soundtrack's so good. Like hearing Kendrick Lamar in the middle of the movie. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Kendrick. <laughs> Uh, And it's just, I I wanted to enjoy all 100%, and so just the bit that I only enjoyed 95% just sticks out to me a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course. So, I guess, uh, let's not go to 3D as a problem by itself yet, uh, because we've been talking a lot about the prominent male characters in the movie, but I really want to give this movie props for the extremely diverse cast of strong female characters that, like, honestly, even if this movie may be- may well take criticism for possibly presenting respectability politics, uh, with regards to race, uh, it does really well with gender and, like I said, having... Female characters who have discussions with each other, uh, brilliant, um, Princess Shuri. Uh, Shuri, yeah. She is amazing. Like, she is a teenager who is pioneering science stuff in, in a place that already has very advanced technology. Like, she's inventing things at a young age that are more advanced than what they already have. So she is amazing and stellar. And fantastic. And, uh, you have General Okoye, who was, like, very, uh, dutiful. That is one thing that I really appreciated about her character, is that, like, she has a commitment to the throne, no matter who sits on it. And when it comes, like, push comes to shove, she has a loyalty and a duty, and she sticks to her guns. And I really thought that that was an interesting twist first of all because we as the audience expect her to defect and be like okay yeah this killmonger guy is not supposed to be the king like that shouldn't be the case but it's like no she has a duty and she is committed to that and she is going to not be able to revolt because that's not what she does very yeah, cool she's probably an old
1: female god as well which is good
0: <laughs> yeah 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 that's also an amazing point to make The the entire Basically, the entire King's Guard, if you want to call it that, is these black female warriors with their shaven yeah. heads and spears.
1: They're amazing.
0: God, they're so and they're also, cool.
1: they all look so tough as well. Like, it's not like even, like, you know, people get to give shit sometimes for, like, Hollywood casting powerful women and making them, like, all, like, very typical Hollywood types. Mm-hmm. i think it was it was it was very good casting the casting in general was really good but i know i love like i think that one of the best things this movie does is just the prominence of female characters and, like shuri's a standout for sure she's so likable and um she becomes love out panther in the comics in the future and i sort of hope they do that storyline a little bit oh that uh, would be cool <laughs> yeah the one thing they did miss out in terms of that was there was a potential lesbian relationship they decided not to put in and i guess that's because of china and china not liking gay movies but they're also super racist too so if you really want to please china you wouldn't have put this movie out so could we not just have gay in here?
0: wait so what what gay thing did they not do
1: um so in the comics okoye has a relationship with ao at this point um the two of the guard and um oh. there was a scene apparently early on in which um they're doing the in which um io is doing a da- doing the doing one of the ritual dances and okoye gives her like a longing look which is about as far as they got, but that even even that got cut out of the movie.
0: And then they and went then, very heterosexual.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Okoye is explicitly involved with um, Wakabi later on. So um, in the start, of, in, the, in the right, the very start of the movie signaled initially, and Marvel put out a statement when someone was talking about the look that Okoye was giving Ayo, and said um, uh, um, Okoye and Ayo's relationship is purely um, whatever the word is, uh, platonic so shut us down yeah (laughs) so i just just, want to side
0: split for a half a second here have you seen or heard of the show siren no it's just come out this weekend i'm pretty sure the first two episodes it's about mermaids and it's got like a horror element to it and i really think that you should watch it and then as it comes out there's supposed to be like 10 episodes we should talk about it because it's Pretty good.
1: Yeah. What Siren? I've not heard of yeah, this before. Siren. Yeah. Is it it's actually, a, is it is it good or is it just like interesting? Like
0: I mean I'm enjoying it so far. Two episodes, yeah. forty minutes roughly each. Uh I I don't know. It's on Hulu and I'm I'm very much interested in where it's going and it's relevant to the queer thing we were just talking about. So there you go. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Anyway, okay. I've I've made I've made a note. I put it. I I bookmarked it. <laughs> okay. They said they said so the same problem, um, the same thing they did in um, Thor Ragnarok, where I'm going to say stuff about that again, but it's not really a spoiler, because it's okay. just something that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so Valkyrie in the comics is bisexual, and in the there's a, and there was a scene in Thor Ragnarok, in which she was seen like with a, with a female partner explicitly and that got cut from the movie in the end and um, the actress who played who played Valkyrie has spoken out explicitly about like how she wanted to play a bisexual like a bi- an explicitly bisexual Valkyrie
0: mm-hmm. but And they a decided lot of not to down-
1: yeah well you're making a big blockbuster you want it to be as palatable as possible and so there's only so much you can do in terms of social justice i suppose but they were they've been quite on the nose with some of the race stuff in this movie so you think maybe they could be and I think it's a good, th- like, the more we are, the more the less people can be, like, sort of, oh, political correctness, meh, 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 Because it is a normal thing to talk about this stuff, and acting like being like, proactive about social justice is something that's weird and out of place. It's just, that just shows that we don't do it enough. If that's so on mainstream that it jars people to talk about it, maybe we should be doing it more, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. You know, like them considering making Elsa gay in the next Frozen, like giving they her a girlfriend. Won't.
1: Yeah, they definitely they
0: won't. Like they th- definitely will not. But um, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. Oh God, we still haven't talked about Power Rangers. God damn it!
1: <laughs> still haven't seen Power Rangers. I saw the you Danish still haven't girl. seen it.
0: Oh God, I I need to watch the Danish girl. If um, you watch Danish girl, so... watch
1: Power Rangers, and we'll do a double feature. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, no, we can't do them both in one episode. Okay. <laughs> that would be so, so weird. so much
1: to unpack with Power Rangers, the, the best movie of the century.
0: No, I mean, I'm sure that I could probably just rattle on for 15 oh, minutes no. solo. I'm sure, too. And be fine. <laughs> <laughs> just get it's it all fine. out of my system. I am joking. Um, that's okay. So I, I, I do want to bring up a criticism that I saw uh, that I was reading earlier about the representation of women in the movie. And... Uh, the relationship between uh, the representation of black Americans. Because, like, we have to keep in mind that when we're looking at this movie and when we're looking at these characters, uh, everything that they're doing is happening within a context of they did not historically or, like, intergenerational trauma-y, like, they did not go through colonialism or slavery. So... Yeah. You have these characters Killmonger and his girlfriend, who I read her name earlier and don't remember what it was, and she has about 15 words of dialogue in the movie anyway, but um, mm. she, like, they are both representations of black Americans as opposed to Africans in the other parts of the movie. So, like, Killmonger is depicted as a black man, to be literally the most dangerous thing in the world, because he claims the power of Wakanda, which is definitely, I would say, the world power. Um, And Mm, then, mm. and then, well, you can argue with me in a minute. Let me finish making my (laughs) point. (laughs) While his girlfriend, a black American woman, is invisible practically is used as a prop and then is killed by her lover with absolutely no regard for her life or well-being. Uh, so that's really fucked up. Like, yeah. I just think it's worth acknowledging that it sort of is weird that in a movie where you're trying to make a statement about black people and how they're good, actually, um, you're like, villain is still, like, a black American man who is, like, apparently so blinded by the prospect of revenge against white people that he doesn't even care not to shoot to death the woman that he's been dating and fucking, like, who is a black woman who has experienced racism in the same way that he did. Like, I don't know it's very weird is all i'm saying
1: yeah i guess he's just like he's just completely a goal focus and everything that's not exclusively towards his goal his his end game doesn't matter to him um
0: but if his end game is black liberation then why the fuck would you indiscriminately anyway anyway i'm just saying it's a weird black on black crime like mirroring yeah yeah.
1: no it is fucked up it is fucked up but I, i i don't know I feel like it's like You could argue this makes sense for his character, but there's a lot about his character that is sort of like that—that that it has to go to extremes, and that's just sort of his pathology. The only reason I was making like an objectionable noise in the middle is because like, like, I, because like, I—it's not the world power, and this is a nerd distinction, and it's got nothing to do with the movie or any social points. <laughs> there are many power like I mean, the, so the power of the Black Panther comes from the god comes from sort of the god Bast. From the Egyptian, um... um, I think you may have misunderstood my meaning. Yeah. Okay.
0: What I meant was, if Wakanda enters the world stage, if Wakanda decides to lend its forces to one side or another in a war, Wakanda wins.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: (laughs) Wakanda is the world power. It's just that they are isolationist and haven't bothered... To extend their hand. Like, basically, their technology is, like, they've been, like, spying on all the other countries to make sure that they can keep ahead technologically. Like, so that if shit comes to shit, then anything that gets brought to their door that is path. gonna get shut down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't like I guess I guess it comes to show like how much we see fucked up shit like that in movies that I didn't even give a second thought to that scene where he kills his girlfriend. Apart from like obviously like you're like, oh that's fucked up, he's the villain. But like
0: Yeah. And that's gotten that's another thing about female disposability and as a trope in movies that uh, you know, it's just oh, he's a bad guy. That's the only thing that's meant to be communicated by him murdering this woman. You know Like Yeah. It's such an effective thing that it just worked and you didn't think about it any further than that because it's just something that is like oh yeah villain like mean to women equals bad guy um yeah yeah and uh, you know I might not I probably wouldn't have even remembered the scene if it wasn't for the fact that I spent a while reading and saw uh, other people bringing these objections up
1: yeah yeah I mean, he doesn't. Does he not kill at some point? He kills everyone he works with. Right, that's just the way he goes about business. It's pretty awful. Like that's the way he goes. Because he he kills Claw. um does yeah. he kill his conspirators in London, like all of them.
0: I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And he probably he probably and he okay with like leaving like T'Challa for dead, obviously. I he mean, just likes yeah. Murder. He's got he's got this, the scars all over his body are from all the kills he's done. So at this point, killing is just nothing to him.
0: Yeah, it's just like his only personality trait. He doesn't have any interesting political ideas or anything. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pol- interesting <laughs> political ideas that he Where? wants. He wants black liberation like throughout the world. Which, as as Marvel villains go, that's pro- that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> like it is movies. pretty reasonable, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> when you're comparing it to what all the other people, like literal Nazis, um, evil god people, um, a vulture man who wants to make a living. Oh, <laughs> Spider-Man's such a good movie. <laughs> Black Panther's better, I think, but... Oh, you should see Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> I really should, yeah. You should. I, I have to spend the money to rent it or something.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> I'm just poor. Yeah.
1: So... I know, we had, like, in terms of the female characters, though, like, I was just coming back to that for one second, I was personally mm-hmm. surprised by how much, like, airtime Shuri got. Because usually yeah. these side characters get pushed to the side so easily. And, like, a lot of the movie, like, even, like, if there's all the scenes where um, T'Challa isn't in, especially when he's down and out for, like, the middle point, she really does shine.
0: Maybe there is something to be said for the idea that she would she would possibly follow what the comics do. And maybe T'Challa would realize that, like, he's not really perfect and maybe not the one to lead the country. And Shuri would do it better. Like, I don't know. uh, Like, perhaps that's
1: a setup. The problem with Shuri as a legacy character is that usually when these people end up taking over, it means that the hero is dead. And (laughs) it's less strong a message if it's just like, oh, you're dead, so I take over. Not that I object to that. I think it worked in the case of, like, Wolverine in the comics and things like that. But, like, I think as, as in terms of, like, female empowerment, it would be nice, as you suggest, to sort of have Black Panther... I've uh, had T'Challa turn around and be like, listen, you're the right person for this. I think that'd be a really powerful moment. And I'd like yeah. to see that. That's kind
0: of what I was saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: it's like, I was just, like... I was thinking about it, and I just thought, yeah, that'd be an amazing moment for it. It'd be really it would good. would be very good. Yeah.
0: Um, so, coming back around to the final fight scene, that is gonna be my gateway into talking about a problem that i have with watching movies in 3d so i haven't seen very many 3d movies in my life uh i've maybe like i definitely saw the force awakens in 3d the second time we saw it in theaters it was in 3d and uh i saw clash of the titans the remake in 3d but that was a while ago yeah thank you uh (laughs) my mother took me to see it um so, a handful of experiences seeing a movie in 3D.
1: Avatar, maybe?
0: I did not see Avatar in theaters, actually. Deegan saw it multiple times, my partner, but I did not ever get the chance to see it in theaters. I would love it if my local theater would do a re showing of it um, in 3D, that would be really cool. But
1: To be fair, Avatar's like, it was worth seeing in 3D, but I think as a whole it's not that great a movie.
0: I mean, I love that movie, but, like, it, it has a lot of problems.
1: <laughs> like, like when they will fuck a tree, that is a problem.
0: I uh, just
1: they yeah. fuck the animals and they will fuck the tree.
0: Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't think of it that way. Like, I mean, I think that they just mind meld a li- like all the time, and yeah. that sex is just a thing that they happen to do while mind melded.
1: Sure, sure. It's not but as funny anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Um, anyway. My, so, with this movie, uh, I read that it was filmed with 3D heavily in mind. So when you're watching a movie in classic 2D, you may be watching a scene, and parts of the scene are in focus, and parts of the scene are out of focus, because... There has to be some kind of depth to the room. The director has something specific that they want you to be looking at in the scene. So that thing is the thing that's in focus. When you're watching a movie in 3D, this is forced upon you to an extent Mm -hmm. that is not possible the normal way. So if you have a scene like after T'Challa has been thrown off of a fucking cliff by Killmonger, and all of T'Challa's family go to M'Baku to basically plead with him to help, uh, there's this scene where the characters are walking down a hall sort of thing towards M'Baku, who is sitting on his mini-throne, and M'Baku is in focus, and there are people entering the frame at the bottom of the screen, who, to my eye, are physically closer to me, but whom I cannot focus on without giving myself a headache in the attempt to focus on something that is inherently blurry. So the thing that I don't like is that the directorial gaze is being forced on you. So circling again back around to that scene at at the end that you mentioned, where there's a bunch of shit moving around really fast, and there's a lot of action, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at, because things flash so quickly that I can't take in a whole scene and figure out which thing is in focus that I'm actually supposed to be looking at. Yeah. So that was a problem that I had, was motion tracking and being able to, like, you cannot look at the screen and take in the whole picture you have to look at each individual element because they are differing distances from you, or at least you feel like they are. So that is my one problem, and perhaps the one thing that was distracting from the experience for me in the theater, uh, was that it's that gaze of, like, well, what—I—I I want to look around the room, but you're not letting me, because nothing else is in focus except for this one person's face, like, eh, it was an issue I had
1: yeah i haven't seen a 3d movie in a long time because honestly whenever i see a 3d movie it's either the 3d is either very distracting or you don't notice it at all and you're paying so much more extra for it that it's like i I never think it's ever added to the experience apart from seeing avatar for the first time when the first time it was really used and then all the shots are really like the whole point of them is they're designed for the 3d and that's tailor-made for it and i feel like every other movie i've seen in 3d it's just been like I'd much rather just watch it in 2D. Even the ones where they explicitly just throw stuff at the camera just to do the 3D effect. I think they just kind of do that. So like, oh, look, it's 3D. And so I didn't even know that it's just such a big thing anymore. And I'd be interested to know how, was it, because they said, right, they told you that it was shot with 3D in mind. Did it feel like that? Like, did it feel good for the other parts?
0: I mean, I, I can't say that I was upset at it at, at for most- like, well, there the, oh, there's some types of movies and types of scenes that really, really benefit from well-shot 3D. Like for example, if you're going to see a movie about shit happening in space, uh, 3D is really good for that. Mm. This, like, y- okay, so, you know? that scene at the end where they're fighting and then they roll off the lip of a precipice into a giant fucking hole in the ground (laughs) that was pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool you know how they there's a yeah a very prominent cliff that's featured in multiple scenes
1: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's pretty cool pretty cool
1: probably scary that cliff scene that cliff um, set is fucking beautiful as well that whole thing it's gorgeous oh
0: yeah it is it is beautiful and it is uh it's a very intense experience to see those films and have the the feeling of depth mm. as your main character gets thrown off of a cliff yeah. It definitely gave it, I think, a sense of realism that might have been otherwise lacking, but, you know, that it, it all sort of depends on your emotional investment in the movie up until that point, I, I guess. Mm, but yeah. it, it felt very immersive to me, aside yeah, from being I, a little bit distracting at times.
1: <laughs> I hadn't even thought about the spacing. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah, we went and saw The Force Awakens twice uh, yeah. so that we mm-hmm. could see it in 3D the second time.
1: Yeah. I still feel like 3D's dying off now, though. Like, people, the demand's really fallen away.
0: Actually, I disagree. I think that almost all major blockbuster films are being made with the 3D option, and we just don't talk about it really that much anymore, because it's it's sort of standard now. Like, it's becoming more routine, so we don't Mm. talk about it nearly as much, because it's no longer a novelty. It's like, you know, at one point in movies were a novelty that were discussed a lot as a concept as opposed to, oh, this is just the way that the cinema experience is like. Or, like, when sound was introduced or when color was introduced, you know? Eventually, yeah. you know, people stop being so excited by CGI or whatever.
1: The difference is, though, like, with sound and color and stuff, like, these days you only, you, only, you don't see silent movies so much. Like, like whether one in a million But whereas, like in every movie you can see in three D, you can also see in two D, and I wonder, and I don't see that turning around unless we have get technology that allows us to have screens that allow us to see three D movies without having to wear glasses.
0: There, well, I hesitate to say that there are. Um, They probably, there probably will be eventually. I would guess
1: if there's demand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, it, you know, it's about, it, it's all kind of about, in that situation, mapping what people are going to want. Like, It's kind of like the question with VR is, it's a hesitation on the side of the developers of both games and consoles. And it's hesitation on the part of the consumers that creates this sort of stalemate between the two. Where yeah. you don't have new VR headsets coming out very often because the developers aren't sure that it's going to sell and people don't want to buy it because they're not sure it's going to be good so it's very similar i think
1: yeah honestly with vr i think the big problem is that the price point is still too high like well yeah
0: but there's a reason for that the reason that the price point is so high is because there isn't high demand because the market is still like really unsure about whether or not they're Like, it's going to be something that is long-term sustainable. So with 3D, the question is, like, is it long-term sustainable? Or in some cases, like, is this going to become the standard viewing experience? Like, it can't for everyone because there's always going to be people who get motion sick or whatever when they're watching 3D movies. But it is possible that it will become a staple of the, you know western movie going experience i should i guess i, guess I could say mm. like you could go see it in 2d or 3d it doesn't matter because every movie is filmed with both
1: yeah it's interesting I, th- I think in my experience i've seen like them turning less and less maybe maybe it's an america thing maybe the maybe the brits just turned off it i'm not sure yeah I, a m- b- maybe you guys l- just lost interest <laughs> yeah i'll be back for avatar 2 i just honestly whatever that comes out <sighs> in the next 50 years
0: I hope it's not bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want it to not be awful. Yeah, I mean James Cameron's a pretty good movie maker when he wants to be. He's yeah. also made some bad ones, but you know, like who hasn't? <laughs> Honestly, like I think I think <laughs> but Avatar. Who hasn't? I think Avatar. Now he's established the world, maybe he can make a more interesting plot with it. That's all I'm gonna. All I'm gonna say.
0: Fair enough. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's okay. yeah, Black, Panther. <laughs> Black Panther was good. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about a sequel. I'm really happy that there are gonna be more movies like that. And I'm hoping maybe it means it's gonna take more chances. Um, because they've be- they've been playing so safe for so long with just the white guy heroes. And like they've avoided. Making...
0: Oh, it's doing so well. It did so well in the box office.
1: Right? So you're not you going an excuse anymore. You can't say, oh, they don't sell because obviously they do like yeah they've been avoiding making a black uh black widow movie for ages they've been avoiding like any any like main characters that are people of color like if they wanted to make a sam wilson captain america movie now they could probably like have the confidence to do it um not because because there's a rumor that they that um captain america might be in trouble we'll see about that comes to fruition but um oh dear yeah i know but they they always say they're going to kill people before the movie comes out they probably won't um, and, like, maybe it does mean we'll get, like, more female-led movies, more, um, people of color, more movies with people of color as the starring roles, maybe some gays, and, and uh, maybe a bit few gays. When I mean, there aren't that many gays in comic books, Maybe a couple but, gays. Yeah, but, like, if you did an X-Men movie, X-Men are all gay at some point, like, almost all the X-women are bisexual, even if ever the the rights of the last ten years have forgotten that, so maybe maybe get (laughs)
0: some even if the writers of the last 10 years have forgotten that like they they
1: they really (laughs) have the guy that the guy that that, made yeah the guy that um, chris claremont the guy that wrote like most of the defining x-men stories um a lot of his female characters are very this got heavy um subtext especially like kitty pride and um she never gets mentioned in that way ever since he stopped writing it um storm basically had a girlfriend at some point in his run and they sort of forget about that um rachel summers um she they always like oh now she's with nightcrawler i'm like why 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 you do this <laughs> why <laughs> why have you yeah. done this thing i i would picture wolverine as bisexual as well but i know i'd get flack for saying that but I, I
0: never really thought about him as a person with a sexuality.
1: <laughs> well, he's 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 had sex with a lot of women. He's had very strong relationships with very female characters. Um and also like because his son Dakin is bisexual and um Gabby's bisexual, I suspect that Laura might be as well, which means that if all of his children are bi, then it'd be it'd be fun to have just a big queer family. And I think I do like uh, that idea. Yeah, there's some suggestions on the Explain the X-Men podcast that Wolverine might be a trans guy, and I think that'd be amazing. Oh, and God, yes. Everyone would no, hate I'm that. No, I'm very
0: familiar with this theory.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone would hate that. Like, he's a very short guy, Um, he's, he's also, he's very into his masculinity, but he's also very respectful of women. I think, yeah, I think he could work. Isn't there a
0: part of this, like, Wolverine X-Men series where they make a clone... A literal, actual clone. A clone? Yeah. Of him? And it's a little girl?
1: Yeah, this is who I want about is Laura, um, X-23, current Wolverine, although she's getting demoted recently, which I hate. Um, she's she's um, she's Wolverine's adopted daughter right now. She's fucking incredible. She's one of the best characters in Marvel, like, hands down, in my opinion. She's mm-hmm. one of my favorite comic book characters. Yeah, they, they, to be fair, in her origin story, and in X-23, Innocent Lost, if you want to read it, it's a fantastic book. Um, by Marjorie Liu, I think. I might be wrong about that. Um, they discussed that they tried to clone him, and the the, chromo- the sex chromosomes were damaged, so they had to so they had to use a second X chromosome from one of the scientists. So it could be quote, that they
0: quote damaged.
1: Yeah, so they could have just been like, "Oh, this is different," but they do say it like like it's um, they had to replace it to make it a woman. And then Laura has clones as well. Gabby's one of Laura's clones and they're all women. And could be good. I mean Laura yes. doesn't seem to have gender dysphoria, but we'll see. She's got a lot of problems. She's got a lot. She's got depression. It's a thing. Yeah. You
0: Comics know, could be good. you know who has depression a lot when they're younger? Yeah. trans, <laughs> trans people. <laughs> it's true.
1: It's true. <laughs> Uh, like, I I think I'd be fine with like losing like female Wolverine as in, in Laura if it was canon that Wolverine that um O.G. Wolverine was a trans guy, but also everyone would hate me for it if I was just for being pro, because so many people see Wolverine as this big masculine figure and they love him being a big beefy straight white dude. So you make him anything but, and they'll lose their fucking shit. Like I enough mean, people, yeah. Like enough people. Got he angry would still be it, all
0: those things. He would yeah, still be and, a straight white guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then people got angry when uh, when Iceman came out as gay. And no one... Ca- and, like, Iceman doesn't have very many fans, so...
0: Like, so you were about to say, and, like, no one even cares about him, but people got upset about him being gay?
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Like, ser- How, how, how can you be mad about gay X-Men when that is the entire... That's the whole... That's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. That's yeah. their whole deal. And there are so is many X- stand in There are
1: so many queer X-Men as well. And, like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, like in the actual comics, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, you have pansexual Deadpool, like, for fucking decades. There's no way that doesn't eventually bleed out into other segments of that same comic universe. Yeah.
1: It's just the way it is.
0: Just the way it is. Yeah. So, anyway, does that basically wrap up
1: our thoughts on Black Panther? I think nice. so. My, my voice is basically dead. Um, yeah. Very good movie. Um, I don't know if I'd give it a five star because I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's as close to perfect as a Marvel movie's ever been. And I think a lot of the problems with it come from it being having to fit into the Marvel movie formula, which is a real thing.
0: And being owned by Disney.
1: That's true. That's true. It's still like if DC made it, it wouldn't mean it's good. I'm just going to say it was first from shade well. <laughs> Henry Cavill's CGI lip something something I s I I saw Justice League it was very funny. I don't care at all about that movie. But it, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it, but it's but just you, you need to see the CGI on his lip? It's amazing. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. For people who don't know, um, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, they brought him back for reshoots, and he was under contract for a different movie to keep a mustache, so they CGI'd out his top lip. No. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awful.
1: He's got a CGI upper lip, and it's super obvious all the way through. Uh. In fact, fact, all the CGI in that movie is fucking atrocious, to be fair.
0: It's like Tron, the remake.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's and like, the villain Jeff looks Bridges' like, face. The villain looks like an old, like, a really bad video game villain put in real life, like, a yeah. PS1 era video game thing.
0: Yeah, like a CGI'd, like, cgi the beard out and make him younger, Jeff Bridges. Like, that was, <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. It felt like, if anyone's ever seen, did you get, you didn't get Ace Lightning in your country, did you?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Right. It reminded me of Ace Line, which is an old, old kid's show where this video game character came to life and it was just, like, bad video game graphic man in a world of reg- regular people, and that was what the villain looked like. He's, like, really badly rendered 3D man next to everyone else, and it's like, oh, why?
0: <laughs> okay. Random. Thank you, 90s. Shout-out to cats. Okay, so shout-out to cats Kat- Garage Band. Uh... I'm going to just go, go ahead and do the closing remarks. It started recording again, but I don't trust that. So, thank you everybody so yeah, much I'm in for the listening. Background. You're back in?
1: I'm in the background. Carry on. You okay, in
0: the background. <laughs> so, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any input, if you know any POC who have more interesting opinions on the subject than we do, please feel free to let us know via email or in our social medias, which are all available in the description of the podcast and uh you can reach us at gmail uh, like transatlanticpod at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter on facebook and george gad runaway is our theme song by george gad's music that it's good music and uh yeah thank you all so much again and we will see you next time hopefully it will be less than a month in between podcasts again (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah hopefully i just have one thing to add on the end to that is that um this month was the month that, um, that i got that i got the um the notification for paying um, the hosting fees for soundcloud and um the patreon really helps for that so if you got a few pennies and you like what we do head over tra- to patreon.com transatlantic it really helps yes. because honestly i have like no money We <laughs> really need that do that patreon yes yeah. other than yeah. that see you next time <laughs> bye bye, bye. bye. Uh.